0: Hey, listeners of the Heartland Daily Podcast. For today's episode, we have Heartland President James Taylor discussing why we need to fight against big tech companies to protect free speech. Check it out. I would like to jump right to what I think is the most important thing for state legislators and the general public to understand about this issue, because we have been told this myth over and over again, that Section 230 precludes states from Passing legislation that would protect uh, people's free speech rights on the internet. That is a myth. Yes, federal law preempts state law where the two conflict, but Section 230 does not give the tech giants, the tech cartel, the right to censor political free speech. Now, this is something that, of course, I understand that. The tech giants, the tech cartel have been giving a lot of money to a lot of people and a lot of organizations on both sides of the uh, political aisle, really all sides, all uh, parties in the political spectrum. So that is a myth that has been repeated. But if you look at the statute, and that's what you have to do anytime that there is an assertion that a law exists that requires or prevents certain activity... Look at the statute. Don't just believe it because, quote, everybody knows this is the case, or I've heard this on on the internet or on cable television over and over again. Section 230 is part of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Let me repeat the title of that because it's important. The Communications Decency Act of 1996. That act specifies that Congress is very concerned about the ability for people to post excessively violent or sexually obscene material on the internet. And whereas Congress wasn't going to prohibit that, Congress was going to say, look, we understand, of course, keep in mind back then in 1996, you did not have the tech cartel you have now. We understand that the hosts of internet sites, platforms, social media may wish to prevent sexually obscene or excessively violent material on their websites. We don't want them fearing lawsuits for doing so. So we're going to make this act, we're going to put into place this act that says that if such a platform decides to block sexually obscene or excessively violent content, they can do so and they don't have to fear tort claims for doing so. That is the entirety of the statute. By the way, a couple of things to also keep in mind regarding this statute. I'm going to go to section B3 uh, and I'm going to read verbatim. It is the policy of the United States to encourage the development of technologies which maximize user control over what information is received by individuals, families, and schools who use the internet and other interactive computer services. Again, this section 230 explicitly says the purpose is to maximize user control, not Facebook control, not Google control, not platform control. Now, under what circumstances or under what justification do the tech giants claim that they have this mandate that they can block anything they want under any circumstances? Well, again, this is the Communications Decency Act. Section C, this is where they claim they have their justification. The title of Section C is, quote, protection for good Samaritan blocking and screening of offensive material. Good Samaritans blocking offensive material. And what it says is that if a provider in good faith And it emphasizes good faith. So it doesn't say you can do it for any reason whatsoever. You have to have a good faith finding that the protections apply to it says, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be held liable on account of any action taken voluntarily in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material that the provider or user considers to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectionable, whether or not such material is constitutionally protected. Now, that last phrase, or otherwise objectionable, is what the tech giants are hanging their hat on. Keep in mind, it's under a bill that's the Communications Decency Act. Under a section that says, Good Samaritan blocking of offensive material, and every single example listed is either sexually obscene or excessively violent. What you have is one clause at the end Or otherwise objectionable that clearly is applicable to and limited by that particular title and classification. It must be sexually obscene or excessively violent. Otherwise, you do not have the authority, you don't have blanket authority to play God in terms of what you do or don't allow on the internet. And if you had any question about that at all, again, in the uh, preamble here, it says, any action voluntarily taken in good faith, Well, if you have any reason whatsoever that you can cite, good faith is irrelevant. Again, it shows good faith shows that what Congress was addressing, both in clear intent and the statutory language, is only sexually obscene or excessively violent material. Now, based upon the myth, the tech cartel, through the organizations that they fund, through them putting out papers and statements and then Fox News or MSNBC or CNN, go anywhere you want across the aisle on on cable television, they hear it so much they assume it's true. State legislators need to know it's not true. You have the ability, if you so choose, to put into place legislative causes of action, legislative prohibitions against tech cartels restricting political free speech for the citizens of your state. And if the tech cartel decides that they would like to invoke Section 230, fine, let them show that what they're prohibiting is sexually obscene or excessively violent. Otherwise, they do not have that right. Whether their talking heads say so, whether the public policy organizations they fund say so, whether they themselves say so, it doesn't matter. That is what the law is. It's also important, not just for state legislators, but for the general public to understand this, because the more it is repeated, over and over again, as if it's a fact that everybody knows it cannot be disputed, the less likely it is for policymakers, the courts, and very importantly, the court of public opinion to understand that, yes, we do have the right to insist that we can speak freely, especially on political topics and cultural topics on the internet. Now, I'd like to touch on one other point before turning it over to Q&A, but that's the one I want people to remember, especially state legislators. Don't be cowed and bullied into thinking you can't institute a cause of action because you can. And federal law does not block it. Section 230 does not block it. Now, at the Heartland Institute, we believe in promoting, developing, discovering free market solutions to societal problems. And for me, the default position is can, does, will, would the free market solve a problem? And if we can find that, then of course, that's where we should go. In this case, although it offended me over and over and over again, to see public figures, to see elected officials being banned from presenting information in their view constituents. And more so, seeing common citizens who don't have access to their own website or don't have access to speaking on cable news, common citizens being banned from sharing their political views on Facebook or Twitter or elsewhere. As much as that offended me, I still thought, well, hey, this is a problem. The market will solve it. Somebody else will see that there's a market for this and they can build another. They can build a competitor to Facebook. They can build a competitor to Twitter. Parler did that. And it's not that everybody in this country can go out and build a competitor to Twitter and Facebook. It takes a tremendous amount of money, resources, resolve, action. Very few people can do it. I still trusted the market. The market succeeded. Parler The parlor was was built, parlor was put online. And then the tech cartel destroyed it, absolutely destroyed it. Parlor may or may not be able to come back in some way, shape or form, but that shows us that in this case, we don't have a free market. Keep in mind that these corporations, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, exist only because they take advantage of corporate law, which allows them to consolidate their resources, to grow as large as they have, to, to have these protections that they have. Keep in mind that Section 230 is itself an abrogation of the market in common law. When the tech cartel says free markets should decide, they're fighting against tech, they're fighting against free markets each and every day. Anytime they rely on, two, on Section 230, they are relying on something that is not a free market mechanism. And of course, 230 has, it had good intentions, excessively violent, lewd, lascivious, obscene material, allowing people to say, hey, if I'm hosting a platform, I don't want this on my, on my platform. But now what they're saying is that gave us a blank check to do anything we want, including these multinational corporations telling Americans what they can say, think and share in terms of our political speech with our friends and our neighbors, and even our elected officials communicating with us. That to me is a huge problem. And when the market stepped in to try and solve it, the cartel smashed it. So it's my hope that state legislators that are watching this, people throughout the country who are watching this, We're powerless only if we allow ourselves to be powerless, but we can step in, we can take action. And I hope that we'll do so so that our free speech rights, which are the first and foremost rights that we must cherish and protect in this country, will continue to be protected even against multinational tech cartels.